0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns. Thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. Today we go back to an old childhood memory all the way back from elementary school that you may have yourself and we're going to gain some inspiration from that to help us during this summer growing season. One of my favorite memories going back to elementary school was field day. Every spring we would have a field day where there would be tug of war competitions, there would be racing competitions, there would be other kinds of games and fun uh, for all the kids including myself that I remember and have such fond memories of. One of the things I remember is at the start of the 40 yard dash, or any other race for that matter, or maybe even just friends racing during recess time at the start of every race would say three words. The first one being ready. They might have also said on your marks, but today I'm using ready. Ready, so all the racers would get up to the line. It all kind of scope each other out. Who are the fast people? Who is gonna be the real competition? Who are gonna be the ones to, to look out for at the end? And I would look left, I'd look to the right, at the words of ready, and then there would come set. And so I'd put my hands on my knees. Everybody kind of gets down and gets ready to go to get that best start of the race. It'd be ready, and then set, followed by go. And on the word go, everybody would move forward as fast as they can. Maybe not always in a straight line. You might have some kids running into each other left and right, but everybody moving forward all the way to the end of that 40-yard dash. It was such a great time. Well, maybe for some. For me personally, it was a great memory for myself. And today we're going to take that very, uh, those three very words, ready, set, go, and we're going to apply them to the story of Joshua. Now, Joshua is one of those Old Testament heroes like none other. And we first meet him In Exodus chapter 17, which the the scene is that the Israelites for many, many uh, years, hundreds of years, in fact, had been uh, embarked in captivity uh, in Egypt, and Moses was the one that God had chosen to lead them out, and lead them out of Egypt, lead them out of captivity, and Joshua was one of the people uh, that was there that God took and rose up. And we first see him again in Exodus chapter 17, which I'll start to read in a second, But we're going to see Joshua and how God got him ready, how God set him in place, and then how God moved in his life that he could go. But let's start in Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to be reading out of the NASB 2020 today, starting in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 17. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did just as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about, when Moses held his hands up, that Israel prevailed. But when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. So his hands were steady until the sun set. And Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. An incredible moment in the journey of the Israelites, in which I I picture the scene of a a hill and and a valley uh, down below and the Israelites were up against Amalek who wanted to fight against the the Israelites and on their journey, uh, Amalek wasn't the only one. They had several battles against uh, kings and peoples and this was one of them. And it's also, as I said, the first time that we get to see Joshua in God's word. We see his interaction with Moses and we see then the battle that ensues. My first thought today, going back to ready, set, go is of course ready. Because we can see later what uh, comes of Joshua, it's a bit easier to see that God is actually helping him to get ready here. You know, he would eventually be the one to replace Moses, the leader of the Israelites. He would be the one to lead the Israelites into Canaan, into the promised land that God had promised years before. Joshua would be the one that they would all look to for safety. Joshua would be the one that they would look for uh, the communication with God. The people of Israel would look to Joshua for direction, look to Joshua to solve their problems. He would become the guy, but not yet. Of course, Moses had known him uh, before this, but this is the first time, as I said, that we see him here. But what can we tell about this Joshua person? What can we tell besides him being a warrior, being a a person that I'm sure was strong and agile? What about his character? Well, one, we see that very clearly Moses trusted him. He trusted his choice of men to go fight. Moses was the one that said, Joshua, hey, go pick whoever you want. Get these guys ready to fight. It's on you. Moses totally trusted him to get his army together and get ready to fight. From Joshua's side, he understood that Moses surely was God's chosen man. He had seen Moses leading the Israelites. He had seen God doing some incredible things through Moses before this moment. And he understood that Moses was God's chosen person. And in this moment, in this moment before the battle ensues and and then ongoing when the battle is taking place, he sees a direct correlation, a direct relationship between the staff of God that Moses holds in his hands, Moses' effort, and his success, Joshua's success, against Amalek, whom he is fighting against. When the staff was held high, when Moses had it in, in the air in his hands, Joshua was winning. There were some good things going on. But when the staff got heavy and dropped low, the Israelites were losing. That Joshua was learning. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know if you've ever held something heavy in your arms for a long time. I once saw a competition of, it was maybe 10 or so people holding out this great big mug, straight with the arms straight out. And it was filled with water, and the competition was to hold the mug straight out from your arms, with your arms straight out. And the competition started out, and everybody looked at each other, and they were all standing strong, right? But then one by one, the arms started to shake a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then one person dropped out, and then it was another, and then it was another. It was only the strongest that were standing there. The last two to three that had been standing there for a few minutes now with the glass of of water held straight out. And finally, for everyone, it got to be too heavy except for the winner. But I picture something like that, with Moses' arms holding the staff up, up high. But his arms started to shake because it was too heavy. His arms started to shake and he couldn't hold it up any longer. But while it was up, Joshua was winning. You see, Joshua, if he, I don't know if he had time in in the midst of the battle to look up to the top of the hill where Moses was or not, but he was learning from both winning and losing. The great and the not so great, the good times and the hard times. You know, Moses is up there and then Aaron and her help to hold Moses' arms up. You know, Joshua looked and and sees even the sometimes even the best need help. I mean, this is Moses, after all. He did actually lead the people through the Red Sea, all the way out of Egypt. Moses was the one that led them through the wilderness. Moses is the one that has interceded to God on behalf of the Israelites. Moses was the guy. But even Moses needed help in this situation. For Joshua, God is clearly teaching him to hold his hands up to God. For Joshua to hold his hands up to God, to hold his hands high up in praise to God for his greatness, to hold his hands high to honor the Creator and setting himself apart as the created. But to do that, knowing what he just saw in Moses, that he himself might need help, because it isn't easy. Even Moses struggled here in the physical sense. Joshua would have to be prepared to need help. It's an incredible moment for Joshua. And of course, through Moses getting help, through Moses' intercession to God and honoring God with the staff, through Joshua's picking the men and fighting The Israelites would win the battle. When you think about your life, have you ever asked yourself how God has actually prepared you for the long haul? Or for what he has prepared you for? I'm sure you've had some wins, you've had some losses, you've had good days and bad. What has God been doing through those to help prepare you? And prepare you for what? How has he been helping you and preparing you to be faithful forever? I mean, as a a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, is that not the end goal? It's just to be faithful to God forever, to never give up. How has God been helping you with that? How has God been working in your life, preparing you to overcome the challenges of faith that come? Through what wins and what losses, what situations has he been working to prepare you for something greater down the road? You know, because it is a journey and sometimes it's a a challenge to have a daily walk with your God. Sometimes it's a challenge to be active in giving to your brothers and sisters in the church and in the community, just as Jesus did. But God has been working in your life. Have you thought about it? He has been preparing you for something. Has that been on your mind? Further, who has he put in your life to help you? Who are the people around you that can help you? Or maybe the first question is, do you see your need for help? Do you see your need for encouragement? You see, sometimes we don't even see the need if we don't have an intent to grow. If we don't have an intent to grow in our faith, sometimes it's difficult to see a need for something because we're not going anywhere. But God has put people in your life that can help you and to help you grow. And that is actually God's intent for you. But to grow, we need to be ready just as God worked in Joshua to prepare him. We need to be ready. Think about his preparation of you and consider those that have helped you maybe in the past. Think about the experiences you've had, both the good and the bad. What have they taught you about yourself or about God? And let's move on because we want to grow. Going back to that elementary school field day race, the 40-yard dash. The first command was ready. The second one, set when everybody would set their hands on their knees. They would get down, ready to go. Let's go on and read about Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, cross the Jordan, you and all his people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which your soul of your footsteps, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No one, will be able to oppose you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you, nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right so that you may achieve success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will achieve success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This was it. This was the moment. This was the transference of leadership from Moses to Joshua. Just when the Israelites are ready to finally cross into the promised land, they were at the finish line. They were ready to go across the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, the land that God had been promising uh, for all these years. They're almost to the finale of almost to the end and there is a leadership change joshua is set in place i mean what a time to do that it's almost like a coach of a a championship team basketball or baseball or something where the team uh, won a lot of games maybe lost a couple but they've had a whole season And they get into the tournament and they win again and again and again and again and get all the way to the championship game. And then there's a coaching change and the next person is up. It's kind of like that. Well, there's no pressure, Joshua. No pressure. Moses had struck a rock in anger prior to this. And he was pulled from that leadership spot from God. And he was never allowed to enter that promised land. So Joshua now set in that place. Maybe he wasn't sleeping well at night. I'm not sure. But there had to be an enormous amount of pressure on Joshua as he took this role. But he wasn't just wished good luck. Joshua, here you're now in charge. Good luck. Best of luck to you. Joshua, keep your fingers crossed. Some hard days ahead, good luck with that. It wasn't that, God spoke to him and actually reminded him of a few things. He reminded him of things he had actually told Moses. And what I just read in verse three, is said, every place on which the sole of your footsteps, I have given to you just as I spoke to Moses. Well, that reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter 11 where it says every place on which the sole of your footsteps shall be yours. Your border will be from the wilderness to Lebanon and from the river to the river Euphrates as far as the western sea. That was actually God speaking to Moses many years earlier. In verse 5, God told Joshua, No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you nor abandon you in fact god had told this to moses in deuteronomy chapter 7 and he will hand over their kings to you so that you will eliminate their name from under heaven so no one will be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them and finally in verse 7 of joshua chapter 1 god speaking to joshua He says, only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may achieve success wherever you go. Well, that wasn't new either. In fact, God told Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 5, He said, So you shall be careful to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk entirely in the way which the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and that it may be well for you and you may prolong your days in the land which you will possess. As God talked to Joshua as we read in Joshua chapter one, I don't think any of that was new news for Joshua i don't think any of that was new in fact in deuteronomy chapter 31 we see moses telling joshua to be strong and courageous as he set joshua into place he said that the lord will go ahead of you and he will be with you and he will not abandon you joshua moses told him to not fear when joshua was set into the place At the end of Moses' life, his position assumed a couple of things. One, it assumed that it was going to be a bit scary. It wasn't going to be a walk in the park. It wasn't going to be like going to Disneyland. That's why words like be strong and courageous from God himself are told to Joshua over and over again. Be strong and courageous because it's going to be a bit scary. It won't be a walk through a park. It's not going to be Disneyland. It's not going to be a hike on vacation. It is going to be hard. So be strong and courageous. I think for us, you know, it's not easy to grow uh, in any sense. It's not easy to grow personally, to to grow spiritually. It's much easier to be casual about our faith. It's much easier to be casual about our faith and our belief in God, you know, to check in a little each week. But that isn't what true discipleship of Jesus is. Being a disciple of Jesus, being faithful to God, isn't checking in a little bit here and there when it's convenient. And it's somewhat scary to think about growing and and, and moving forward. It's scary because growth calls us to a new place just as it did for Joshua. Even when you're in a congregation, It's a bit scary to think about growing as a congregation and you doing your part in it. When I think about growing in the literal sense, numerically, having an impact in the community, it's much easier to not worry about that, to not think about that, or to let somebody else do it. It's much more difficult to take it on myself. So it's not easy to grow. I told our church the other day, for us, we need to be strong and courageous. The Blue Ridge Church of Christ, we need to be strong and courageous. Strong in our faith. Courageous in our use of our faith. The second thing, when Joshua being set into the place of Moses, that that role assumed for him, It assumed that if he remained obedient that God would stay right with him, right by his side, that God would have his back. That's so encouraging to think about. But you know what? It is it holds true for us today. That's nothing new from God. In fact, Jesus himself said in Matthew twenty eight, he said, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, talking to his disciples. And make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to follow all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you are a true follower of Jesus, he is still with you. He is still with you. And God has your back. And will not leave you nor abandon you. The third thing it assumed was that there would be forward motion. They wouldn't be in the same place tomorrow as they are today. In the case of Joshua, meaning in the literal sense, that they would be someplace else tomorrow than they are today. You know, for us, we got to remember that God's plan for us is to grow. God's plan is for us to grow in spirit to grow in faith, just as it is to grow in physical form. I think one of those things that stops us, hinders us, is sometimes when there's lies out there that catch our attention. Sometimes those lies even come from ourself, that I'm nothing, I'm weak, people don't care, it's too hard. we got to be careful and take our thoughts captive, because those things aren't true. You're not done growing. You're not weak. People do care about you. And yes, it's hard, but you can overcome just like so many others have. Sometimes our our thoughts go to other things, like I'm too busy. I have too much going on. I have kids now. I have other responsibilities, church, God, those kinds of things. I'll get to it when I have time. Or perhaps growing. The thought of growing is, is a great idea. I love the thought of growing, but it's actually for younger people. It's actually for other people. I'm mature. I know enough. I am just going to attend. Growing is for others. I think we need to resolve that, you know what, there is still gas in your tank, in my tank. That we are not done growing. That we have a lot to give just as jesus resolutely set out for jerusalem we should resolutely set forth with the intent to grow and especially during this summer growing season we can't be somewhere else tomorrow if we have no intention to get there have intention to grow what is it in your character what is it in your life that you can grow well is it that you can help the church community grow. It all leads us to number three. Ready, set, point three, go. Go, leading to the kids running down to the other end of the 40-yard dash, running as fast as they can, wind blowing in their hair, some stumbling onto the ground, everyone finishing to the cheer of the crowd. It's time to go. I'm going to look at Joshua chapter 6 and read verses 1 through 5. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. But the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and the valiant warriors, and you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city at once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of rams' horns in the front of the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the rams' horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up, everyone straight ahead. Joshua took the lead of the Israelites, and he marched through the Jordan River into the promised land, when, behold, the city sat in front of them, this walled city of Jericho. Archaeologists say that it didn't have just one wall around the outside, that it actually had two walls, the outer wall being uh, thicker than the inner. We weren't talking about a picket fence here. We weren't talking about a chain link fence. We were talking about stone walls that would be impossible to break down. And it was their first battle. It was their first moment. But Joshua, as we have discussed, he was prepared. He was set into place. He was ready. He was set. And then action occurred. Amongst the many stories of strength and courage going into the promised land, this is one of my favorites. Because it is the first city that they run into where they have to have a battle. And a miracle of God like never seen before happens. And it would happen just as God said in what we just read. Not only just the first city in the promised land, but they marched around it for six days. After day one, getting up, walking around, it might have caught the attention of those inside the city. But then day two, they get up and they march around the city once more, camping in the exact same spot. Again, catching the attention of those inside the city. Day three. Day four, day five, at some point, if you're inside the city, you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is going on? What is wrong with these people? But then day seven, they marched around not once, but seven times. And then blew the horns, they shouted, and God gave them the city as the walls crumbled. It fell just as God said in the past few weeks and if you've been listening to other podcasts we've been talking about stories of growth and inspiration during this summer growing season we've had stories of jacob stories of Jochebed, stories of moses where we have learned how they worked through god worked through their lives sometimes through extremely difficult situations But they would overcome and grow in faith. And we'd see why that they were lifted up in God's word as inspirations in faith. Where is the Spirit prodding you today? And are you listening? Are you listening to what the Spirit is saying to you? Joshua marched the people into the city because he was ready and he was set god had worked through his life god had taught him moses had taught him and he learned and he grew and was able to take the people into the city so it's no wonder that the city collapsed it's not a huge surprise in this story that god in fact gave him the city just as he said it would because joshua was obedient His heart had been poked. It had been prodded. He believed in his God, and he was growing. And so for you, where is the Spirit prodding you, and are you listening? Because when we're growing, it shows. I'm reminded in James chapter 2, in verse 26, and really there's a whole paragraph in James chapter 2 that says much the same. It says, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Joshua's obedience to God led to some incredible stories, not just this one, but even more down the road. It started with Moses teaching him and God teaching him. For us, we have that same opportunity that our growing in faith would show. I would suggest three things as I finish up is one, go on a prayer walk, write things down, or do what it takes, but spend some time thinking, where is the spirit spurring you on? Where is it? How is it? Number two, don't listen to the lies of Satan or anyone else that wants to put you down. There is absolutely no good in that. Negativity never helps anything grow. Instead, I would encourage you to think about how God has prepared you. How God has prepared you through the wins and the losses and through the experiences in your life. How God has prepared you. to ready, set, go. I hope that was helpful and if you liked it, would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe. To this podcast, and if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at Blue Ridge Disciples.org for more information.